Hello and welcome to Frameline. I'm Barbara Gosowski here with my favorite critic, Courtney Small. Yes, and we're here live from the Toronto International Film Festival. So you're hearing the sights and sounds of the festival. You guys are getting all the sounds and uh, we're going to try and like beat those sounds and give you our sounds, you know, our impressions because we had to stop in the middle and just give you some more reviews of stuff that's really great uh, because you need to know this information and because we're both really excited about a whole bunch of films and I think we're gonna start with a Canadian film okay you guys have to see this I, I just like there's no excuses you have to see Kazik Radwanski's new film it's called Anne at 13,000 feet and it is definitely one of the best films of the year one of the best films of the festival. It's about a, a woman, a young woman named Anne. Is she trying to navigate her way through life? She's a bit of a quirky one. And she has a vivid imagination, to say the least. And possibly some underlying issues which she's trying to cope with. And people around her are trying to help her cope with. And she doesn't want help. But uh, what was captivating to me was the character of Anne and the way that Redwinski's camera just lovingly followed her, captured her. It's the way it opens. It's just this amazing, like from the second it opens, you're captivated by her. It's this amazing strategy of keeping her in extreme close-up. And as all of this action is going on around and sort of intercutting between things and it's showing like different aspects of her at the same time and we feel this like it's got these rapid fire and you know editing and we just feel this range of emotion and in fact that's the film it's this entire whirlwind of emotions and impressions and it captures he's trying to capture her ever-changing moods and states and, and that's her reality yep. you know as a sensitive being but also as possibly a troubled being yeah it definitely catches a a troubled mind and a, a mind that refuses to acknowledge that it's it's but it's a, such a sweet loving you know like she's oh not, yeah he, he definitely loves the the character and, and she is lo loving mm -hmm. right but it's also misguided too Arlo. like the, she she's reckless in her actions because she doesn't really think of the ramifications of it and part of that's because of the the mental state that she's going through so it was a real it's a really interesting portrayal of of mental health and how you know sometimes it's not the extreme gestures but it's the combination of a lot of little things that right. can uh, impact a person right but i to me it's also it's a, it's a portrait of a special individual one that you know, considering this style of using close-ups constantly to zero in on her, mm -hmm. um, it's it's an interesting style because normally that that's being used to get inside a character's mind, right? Yeah. Or that's when a film allows us to get into it, it. That style supports the director's efforts to get into her mind, but in this case, he can't. He can't. We can't. So we only have this certain sense of the way that she um, she uh, experiences the world, yep. you know, and it's just absolutely captivating. So that's Anne at 13,000 feet, Kajik Redwinski, Canadian film. Don't miss it. And I'm going to tell you about a Canadian film that I also think you really cannot miss. Um, it's the latest film by Alan Zweig, and it's called Coppers. And I have to tell you, when I heard about a documentary about cops, ex-cops, I thought, well, 
And this is the problem. Like, don't think about the subject matter. Just go yeah. see the film. You feel like you already know all there is to know. And, there, and yeah. I was totally wrong. Okay. I was so, so wrong because I had, you know, but of course, as a critic, that's having that thought like, oh dear, I don't want to see cops. Um, doesn't matter because I have to see the film anyway. So I watched this film and it is, yeah, it's a portrait. It's an intimate portrait of former police officers and they're trying to describe their reality. The reality of being a police officer and the reality of living as an ex, like a former police officer and what that leaves you with, what that initial experience leaves you with. And the, it's, it's, it's astonishing. Swag does this astonishing thing in this film, which he tends to do. Uh, is that he, he he closes in on something that is not pleasant. Like other films have been more personal and they've been about love and difficulty in relationships or in a hard name. It's been about people really struggling in life, right? But in this film, it's like we, we, we're privy to these stories that are really personal and really difficult and they're really difficult to hear as oh, well as for these people, right? But they're an extreme, extreme close-up and it forces us to come to terms with what these individuals are saying and what happens is that story after story builds instead of getting more jaded, instead of me getting more jaded mm. and in fact wanting to turn away, I wanted to turn in. And I felt more of an empathy. And it was almost like was, Alan was forcing me to confront a reality that I didn't want to confront, but I was better off for having confronted it, oh, as okay. we all are, as Alan is for, for making the film, as the police officers seem to be for participating in this film. Yeah. It's just, it's it's really, the effect is uh, is really astonishing. And I think, like in the end, the film says a lot, not just about the experience of being a, a, a police officer, but about us. Oh, okay. You I mean, know, no. as the people that they have to deal with, and mm -hmm. us, in terms of our maybe notions and preconceptions about cops. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't always have like the best memories. But this, but this film uh, really does help to change your view, so that's good. Yes, absolutely, and and that's why I think it's an absolute must see as well as as uh, Anne at thirteen thousand feet. Um, yeah, it's like I could say all this other stuff because it's like it's this film about like logic versus your instinct, your instinct to turn away, but your logical mind is saying, you know what, you really should listen to this. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's this like interplay between those things that I think is brilliantly captured. Oh, in that's this wonderful. Film. And I just have to say one more thing about one more brilliant uh, Canadian film. Uh, Writer-directors Yona Lewis and Calvin Thomas have uh, made a film called White Lie. And that, interestingly enough, is about facing a reality. It's a fiction film. And uh, this woman has become a, a young woman, um, about college age, college university age, has become a campus celebrity after uh, saying that she was diagnosed with cancer. And I, I say it that way because you find out very quickly that that's not necessarily true. And okay. that she's in fact trying to keep this fiction alive when the reality of the situation is she's not sick. 
Yeah. And the reality is a little bit uglier and much more disturbing than that. Um, and her efforts to keep this up and really the taut way that these guys just put together this film, it's like, it's like a thriller, but it's also a character study. It's, you know, what I was saying about what the women were doing last week. Yes. Last episode, what the women are doing in Canadian cinema, it appears this year, what they're doing is more of a kind of a, a style of realism where they're like confronting things and it's like very like sim simple style mm -hmm. right that lets things unfold in time when he when they do it sorry there's two of them when they do it it's it has these like like your pulse is racing and you just and there's there's this you know how when uh, when the, the hero or heroine of a story is not necessarily someone you like Mm. There's that tension there between rooting for them and not, and yeah. being just like totally repelled by them. Um, and the performance is just out of this world, you know? Oh. And it, they really do some interesting camera work, which sort of adds more of an augmented kind of style to yeah. it, you know? It's a total realism, but what they do in terms of camera placement and placing her in the frame and what they place against her in the frame. Um, is really telling as well in terms of a portrait of this woman. So that's White Lie. Yona uh, oh, Lewis and, and Calvin Thomas. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm going to have to uh, catch that one. I've heard a lot of good buzz about that film. So. Yeah. yeah, those three. Those three, uh, if they don't have the buzz already, they're, they're just about to. Well, I'll throw in one Canadian film since we're on the Canadian top. Uh, Blood Quantum. I caught that earlier this weekend. It's a wonderful genre film. It's a zombie film told from an indigenous perspective and a virus happens just on this reserve and they start to notice that the animals are coming back, dead animals are coming back to life and then you start to realize that this virus is I guess being passed through the water and also the town folk, the people that essentially neglect the indigenous people on the reservation, a lot of them are becoming infected. And you find out that indigenous blood is actually what helps save you, prevents you from getting infected. So it's a very interesting social commentary thrown into this really smart, um, sharp-looking zombie film. So just when you think like you know you, the zombie genre has kind of run its course, this film actually brings new, interesting life to it. And it, it, it's one of those films that plays with style a bit, there's a little bit of animation, it almost has like a, a graphic novel kind of feel, but, and there's a lot of humor, but it all works. So I love that kind of uh, gender, not gender, genre blending. Yes, genre blending. <laughs> I love that stuff. It's, and, it, and it works, it works wonderful, so that is one that has been getting a lot of buzz and it's, it, it deservedly so. Deservedly so. Excellent. Can't wait to see that one. And another one that is getting buzz, um, that's really kind of taking critics by storm, which is surprising, is Waves. So Waves is... And which is not Canadian, so we're switching. Yes, it's an American title. Um, I guess the biggest name actor is Sterling K. Brown from This Is Us. And it's a film about a young teenager who's seemingly got it all. He's on the wrestling team. His family is fairly well off. Um, he's got a you know, girlfriend, everything, popular kid in school. But the pressures of trying to be the best at wrestling start to weigh on him, especially from his father, played by Sterling King Brown. He gets a little too much. And when an injury occurs, he, he turns to painkillers. And then 
the combination of the drugs and the painkillers sends him on a downward spiral and certain things happen. And the first half of this film is surprisingly heavy. You, like, it almost puts you through the emotional ringer unexpectedly. And as we were talking about the camera work with Anne 13, it reminded me of this one because the camera's almost constantly moving and it almost creates a little dizzying whirlwind effect where you almost feel like you're in a fairy tale universe. Like, uh, you know, the ideal version of what high school life should be. And then it comes crumbling down. And then the second half of the film is the aftermath of what happened in the first half. And you start to follow the, from the perspective of his sister. And you see a lot of the same scenes are parallel to what you've seen before, but they're now taking a completely different spin. And it's, um, it's, it's a film that's an emotional workout. It's, it's really well done, but after seeing it, you, just, you need to like, take a moment and just breathe, reflect. You may not want to see a film right after that. But, wow. But it's been good, and like, critics are, are loving it. That, that sounds like a great film when you have to take a moment. Mm -hmm. um, can I tell you about a film that I had to definitely take a moment? Sure. Uh, this is a documentary um, by the director of The Last Men in Aleppo. Oh, yes. Yeah, Oscar-nominated, great film. Ferris Fayad, his name. And it's called The Cave, and The Cave is actually a hospital that is, he goes back, he goes back to war-torn Syria, right? And so the cave is this hospital that actually is kind of underground, like built into mm -hmm. this network of caves. Oh, wow, okay. Underground. Um, and it's the day-to-day -day operations. It's filmed, like it was shot from 2016 to 2018. And it's this female-led group of doctors uh, there's one man, but it's like mostly women who are responding directly. Like there's almost like a like a driveway kind of access to them mm -hmm. from the street. And up on the street, you can hear the bomb blasts, and you can hear. Uh, th so those are not just from like bombs exploding on the street, but they're like from the airplanes being dropped. They can hear from the from the noise of the plane, like, oh, that sounds like a Russian one, and that sounds, you know, and then they, you see them, you're there with them, so close, and in such close quarters, obviously, you know, it's, it, it didn't take much for him to shoot in this claustrophobic way, but still, he does it in a brilliant way. And so they can hear this, and then suddenly, the, here come the bodies, and here come the survivors, and, and that's the thing, the survivors, a lot of children, and you see firsthand, um, the injuries, the, the burns, because chemical warfare was happening, and uh, these people desperately, with very few to almost no supplies, mm -hmm. trying to help people and treat them and treat these awful things that are happening. Oh wow! It's it's really gut wrenching. It's it's quite the experience. Like I didn't come up for air, basically. Yeah. It's just like you're in there and you're thrown in, and like it took my breath away. For the it's not that long, but for the entire time, and you're just like the sympathy you feel for the the people and the, the frustration you feel for the people, you feel that the people are feeling right. You yeah. feel that that much empathy for everything they're going through as they're trying to help the other people that you're just so sympathetic and empathetic, and you're just like hoping they survive, especially the little babies, mm -hmm. you know. And it's just, it's chaos at times. Oh, wow. And it's reality, and it's the cave, and it's like an incredibly powerful film. Yeah, that's another one that's on my, my list to try and 
somehow squeeze into the mountain of films we're seeing this week. Uh, I'm gonna change. Yeah, change. I'm gonna change things because we've been talking about some heavy films. There have been some really wonderful genre films that put you in a a good mood afterwards, just in terms of the overall experience. Uh, the first one I'll talk about is The Whistlers, which is which I love too. A Romanian uh, crime film. I say neo noir. It is neo noir. Film about a corrupt cop who is recruited by a femme fatale to help her break out her partner from prison and her partner knows the location of 30 million dollars and everyone wants it the cops the mob what have you so he has to go to the canary islands to learn the ancient El, El, Cibo, El Cibo language, which is like a whistling dialect. Yeah, yeah. Um, that I guess the Spanish indigenous people used to use to communicate across valleys. And there's, yeah, and these incredible mountains and valleys and these incredible shots of people whistling across spaces at each mm -hmm. other. And it's, it's funny how that part is very interesting. Like, I, I actually read up on the language a bit after because I was so fascinated by of it. Of course you did because this is what you do. But you it's just, like, you it's do just one of those homework. things. This it is was, great. It was fascinating. Like, and then, no, that's wonderful. But the, also the way how the nonlinear structure works as well. So even if the, the whistling language wasn't part of it, it's still a really engaging crime film where everyone has an angle. The, the femme fatale, I would argue, is one of the smartest people in the room. You know, like it, it's just, it's a very masculine tale, but the women are the ones that you have to really keep your eye on because you know, I'm not going to spoil what happens, but I just think it's a wonderful film that hopefully people see. Yeah, and it's a wonderful update to mm -hmm. the noir. You know, the femme fatale, generally, you know, she was smart back in the old days of noir. Yeah. But, you know, her power was limited. And now it's like, okay, this is what happens when you have a more female positive world that we're living in now. Yep. This is the noir for today, for 2019. And I do have to tell you, although the ending is not going to appear to be exactly noirish. Yeah. I would say afterwards Google Humphrey Bogart and go through his films. There's one that will help you make sense of this ending okay. and why it makes sense in the noir universe. Yeah. It's, it's, I love this. This was just a lot of fun. Really fascinating. And keeping with the uh, twist on genre and female empowerment, uh, Hustlers. Yes. Oh, I love hustlers. hustlers. We can we can officially talk about hustlers. Hustlers is great. It is. I've absolutely. been telling people that, and people have given me weird looks. But <laughs> now more critics have seen it, and everyone agrees okay. hustlers is great. People have been giving you weird looks because you wouldn't think that a film with okay Constance Wu is great. Yeah, right? and Jennifer Lopez and, Jennifer and Lopez. Cardi B. Yeah, right. yeah, Cardi B. But you do, wouldn't expect them to be in uh, something that's not a romantic. It's not a romantic comedy. Nope. It's not not like a, a you know empowered chick flick but it is an empowered chick flick but more in the casino yeah the gangster con artist yeah <laughs> which uh, and it, this has got some heft to it this yeah. film there's but it's a also lot fun of, as hell a lot of social commentary you know you've got these group of women who were strippers at a particular club and then the recession hits and you find out that all their wall street clients are now hurting for money and the retail sector is not kind to them because of their lack of retail experience, what have you. And these women decide that they are going to basically start conning the men who put the world in the financial crisis. And they go to great extremes to 
to drug these men and have them spend as much money as possible. And, and you just, that's all you got to know? That's all you need to know, yeah. And it's its based on a article, I, I believe it was an Esquire article, or, or... But it happened, right? Yeah, it happened in real life. So it's, yeah. it, it is a true story, but the performances are wonderful, the direction, the cinematography. Absolutely good, agree with you, yeah. Good amount of humor, and the social commentary is so pointed. So you walk away from this film, and even though they did bad things, you're like, well, are they really the villains, though? Like, you know... Exactly. It's got that kind of, uh, you know, like, it's it's not it's not completely, one, you know, clear mm -hmm. if they're the bad guys. Yeah. Because of these other circumstances. And everything you said about, like, the humor, everything, I completely agree. This is, like, one of the better-paced films yes. that I've seen in a long time. Yeah. It's just, this is gonna like blow you away and make you laugh. And make the women go, yes. Yes, and I... Yeah, we it, are empowered. You need, you need more films like this to show Absolutely. exactly what, what can be done with the media. And then also, when you cast females in these particular roles, you add an interesting nuance to it. So exactly. this, it, this one doesn't feel like your standard gangster film, con artist film. No. Like it feels fresh, new. Like, you know, they add interesting layers to it, which we don't normally see, you know? And part of that comes with having a female director. So I'm a big fan of Hustlers. I, I will recommend <laughs> it to the end of this year. Me too, absolutely. So what do you think? Should we end on that high note? Sure. We have a whole bunch of others that we'll recommend, yes. but... Coming up... So this is this was our podcast only episode. So don't forget to tune in to Radio Region on Thursday at 6 p.m. and we will continue and complete our discussion of uh, the Toronto International Film Festival for 2019. Thanks for listening. <laughs>